Today, it's all about setting and how to get into the mood, into the mood of your setting. Hi, I'm Autumn Bardot. Here you will find quick tips, author tools, and hopefully some inspiration for living your best writing life. If you're new, welcome. And if you're a return person, a repeat viewer, <laughs> thank you so much for joining me today. Okay, so let's talk about setting. Oh, and FYI, normally I make these on Sunday afternoon, Sunday morning, but my Sunday was crammed full of cool stuff. So I'm sneaking this in before I go to work. And you know how early it is before I go to work. So mm, my face should be fresh. <laughs> okay, so let's talk about setting. Do you ever close your eyes and see, see the physical setting of your novel? The room, the things in the room, the landscape or the sky, the topography or the buildings, the roads, just be in the space. I like to feel like I am in the middle of the setting when I write. I want to feel like I am there standing next to my characters. I don't know if you're like that, but that's that's what I really like. And I just want to be there like as they're interacting. And sometimes that's hard to get into. For me, setting is absolutely critical. Getting into the mind, getting into the place, getting into the setting mood is so very critical for me. And I've listed five reasons why, what I need setting for, or how I use setting. And let me know if you use setting differently. If I forgot one, if you're, if you're, if you'd like some more information about how I actually do this, because I think that could definitely be another video. So the first thing setting helps me do is it helps me use the setting of the novel to reveal and show, not tell, reveal and show a character's hopes, their dreams, their weaknesses, their strengths, and their struggles. Number two, setting helps me reveal and show their emotion, a character's emotions. Number three, setting helps me create conflict or and emphasize conflict and or show conflict using the setting. Number four, setting helps me reveal or show the interactions between characters helps me introduce a new character or um, get rid of characters. <laughs> setting helps me be there, feel their time and space, get in touch with what they would be feeling and seeing and smelling and, and touching and just the vibe of the place, just being there. But you know what? Like many of you, I sit in my favorite chair in the family room with my dogs and people walking around and things going on. And sometimes it is hard to get into the mood of the setting, to be, to be there. 
sometimes I'm really lucky and I go outside. It's a nice day. and um, But then I'm just staring at either the stucco walls around my backyard or staring at the trees or the sky and the rooftops of the other houses. Still not there in the setting <laughs> of my house. Still feeling hemmed in by, by walls. So... I like to feel in the setting. So I've devised a few ways that help me get to get there, to be there. So I just really quickly, do you feel that way too? Let me know and leave a comment if you feel that way too, because maybe I'm the only one. I don't think I'm the only one, but I like to just be there. It just helps me do like all of those things that I just mentioned. I write historical fiction and there's no way I can go back in time and even if I could, I don't think I would because, you know, death, disease, you know, all that stuff. Uh, I also write urban fantasy. And that is a lot easier to get into this setting. But historical fiction comes with its own set of um, setting issues. So for me, much easier to envision setting, to find setting um, for modern day uh, urban fantasy things than historical fiction. Here's a few things that help me be in this setting, and there are 11 of them. And if you stay kind of through the end, I even have a little um, a trip that I took, little trip that I took to help me get into the setting. <laughs> okay, number one, I have a big TV in front of my, well, it's not that big, but you know, it's a pretty fair size TV and it's in my family room and I just put it on the YouTube. It's a smart TV. I put on the YouTube and I find YouTubes that go with the setting, even for historical fiction. For Dragon Lady, I used a few beach videos and I typed in the area and the beach and sometimes you get this nice aerial view and sometimes, you know, somebody's, I don't know how they're doing it, you know, on one of those one of those cameras, but sometimes it's just listening to the beach. When I was writing the scene for the, um, the, the typhoon that came up in Dragon Lady, I put on creaking, creaking sound and wind and creaking ship video. And, and it just, you get, you look at it, you see it, you hear it, you can almost feel it. <laughs> okay. If I'm writing a warm scene by the fire, I put on a crackling fire. If I'm writing a scene in the snowy mountains, then I'm putting on snowy mountains. You can find everything on YouTube. And so it takes my little walls that are around me. And when I'm typing and I look up and I'm not looking at the walls, I am just staring, staring at the at the TV and the YouTube. So YouTube is magnificent for that. You can go so many places on YouTube. It's it's a little bit mind-blowing. For Impaler's Wife, I found a vacation footage of the inside of a location that is no longer open to the public. So it is a tour, no longer available, and I found it, somebody had posted a pretty extensive YouTube of it, and I'm like, score. It really, I, I had that scene up while I wrote that. I had the YouTube up while I wrote that whole scene. It really helped me be there, even though they were there hundreds and hundreds of years before the vacationer, it still helped. Number two is I use Google Earth. 
it can take you up close and you can move around and you can get the lay of the land. You can look at topography and geography. Uh, once again, I used it so much, so much for the Impaler's Wife because I was going through a pass and I wanted to see the lay of the land of the pass. And I, I can't get to Romania right now, right? So I needed to be able to zoom in on the farmland and the mountains and the, and the scape and see where, you know, my characters were moving and going through. So it really, really helped me do that in, in a big way. Number three is I create a Pinterest board and I will do this and I pin pics that I find everywhere and you can even have like the Pinterest app on your iPad or your phone which makes it kind of handy because you can do it while you're standing in line at the grocery store and the thing with the Pinterest boards is you can make them private so if you have a lot of followers on Pinterest then you can just keep that private and it's always fun then to not make private to unprivate it when the book comes out and people can kind of see, you know, where your brain was and where your mind was and what were your pictures and your inspiration for your pictures. So I use Instagram for that. I also follow Instagram accounts with the location. So right now I am writing a, a book about 1800s Greece, something that happened there, really cool, love it. Um, I've been to Greece, that was kudos was at the location, which we're going to talk about in a minute. But you know what? I didn't take enough pictures. So I am following pictures of that area. And when I like them, I just hit the like. And guess what? Instagram algorithms do the rest and they keep giving you the same type of content. So now when I want to be there, when I want to see where my character is running and road she's taking and, and what the Aegean Ocean looks like as she looks out upon it, I just, you know, let my fingers do the scrolling and, and I'm there. <laughs> I'm really there. Almost there. The next is I go to museums and, and special exhibits at museums. For Dragon Lady, I went to a particular museum down in LA and I told the docent there that I was writing, what I was writing a book about and I got a special tour. Now, I went in the morning, I went on a Sunday, I don't know how long that special exhibit had been, but um, I got really lucky and when they found out, they took me on a I mean, marvelous tour. And by that, I mean, they stopped at everything and went into exquisite detail. And I'm writing things down and I'm writing things down because I can write things down faster than I can type them. And I'm writing things down and I was allowed to take pictures. I know in a lot of museums, you're not allowed to take pictures, but I was allowed to take pictures. So that was absolutely fabulous. And I got so much information that I didn't find anywhere else, that I didn't find anywhere else. So it helped me see see exactly how big these things were that I needed to do and, and look at the texture of the clothing much more so than just, you know, a picture or a photo. So ask the docent and I'd be surprised sometimes they'll give you a little extra special tour. The next one is to get picture, I think I'm on, I think I'm on number seven, <laughs> get picture books and art of the time. It is great for clothing and for little nuances. So photo books, beautiful photo books with art at the time. I use that a lot, a whole lot. I also get museum books and art books. I used museum books and art books from for Queen of Sheba. Besides all of the art pieces, 
that were professionally taken. They had so much information written down about that particular art. Once again, so much more than I was actually able to get from the internet. I mean, maybe I could have, but here it was all in this one little fabulous book. Let me see if I can find it. Here's the book. It's kind of beat up. <laughs> it's it's really beat up. And yes, I marked it. I, I marked it up a lot and it is all highlighted. And that's how I was able to come up with so many much of the cool details. It was all all in this book. It was it was amazing. So I, I highly recommend getting books like this. And it was just treasures from ancient Yemen. So uh, so amazing. And I think I found that on Amazon or from like a second seller on Amazon. Uh, in my number eight, I think this is eight. In my Merkaba series, there is a scene at a winery. Well, I've been to a few wineries, I think many of us have, but now I really needed some specific information about a winery. So I told the tour director that I, what I was writing and what I was trying to do in a particular scene. And guess what? They took me behind the scenes, behind the scenes. And I got to see things and climb up in things. And they gave me detail about things that I was like, yes, now I have a new way for my hero to die or almost die. So sometimes just by asking, you will get people because they all, they see your excitement and they want to share their information. They will actually tell you new ways. So my point with all of the pictures and things, and especially this one, is take a lot of pictures. Take a lot, a lot more pictures than you think you need. The next is to go to cultural festivals. And we're going to I'm going to put in right now some quick footage of a festival that I went to just this weekend, the Greek Festival in San Juan Capistrano. And it was fabulous and it helped me get into the vibe, eat the lamb and the food and listen to the dancing and to the music and just get into the vibe of Greece. And um, I recommend going to festivals if you can of where you're writing. Hi, glad you could join me this week. I am going on a, well, a little festival, a Greek festival, because my book that I'm working on now takes place in Greece. And I thought I needed to get into the vibe. So when my friend told me that there was a Greek festival in San Juan Capistrano, I said, count me in. We're gonna eat some Greek food, do some Greek dancing. I don't know about the dancing. Maybe I brought my hubby, brought some money, brought my dance shoes and walking shoes. So looking forward to some delicious lamb and getting into the vibe of my Greek story. Of course I went right for the food. Oh my god, I can't believe I ate it all. Okay, so now time to go like look at the boots. Oh, 
last is to it's it's my favorite but it's the least feasible go there I know right you're thinking yeah right in my dreams that's that's a lot how it's for me I wish I could be there but I can't but if you can go somewhere or you're planning to write a book somewhere maybe that's your next I don't know destination yes it is the most expensive and it is the most indulgent and um I always think, man, wouldn't it be just great if I could sit in the place where I'm writing? And sometimes you're able to do that. Not often, but when you can, it's amazing. And what are you going to do? You're going to take a bazillion pictures, and then you're going to write about this, the feeling, the the air, the smells, the whole vibe, so that when you get home, you can you can relive that experience. My last tip, I think this is a number 11, is to take a ton of pictures and copious amounts of notes and put yourself in that setting. So I hope I gave you some information, some good tips and tricks. Maybe you're going to try that YouTube trick or that Instagram trip because, man, those are really quick. The Instagram, sometimes I just scroll through during lunch so that when I get home and have a couple minutes to write or a couple minutes to write at lunch, I'm like, in the vibe in the vibe, because they do close-ups of things, right? The bugs, the animals, the sky, the, the colors, the textures, really help you get in the vibe. So I hope I gave you some good ideas. Let me know if I did. If you have other suggestions, drop them in the comment section, and of course, subscribe, notify, all that stuff. It helps me, it helps readers like yourself find me and find my content. 
as always, writers, dream, create, and embrace, embrace that setting. Okay, now I've got to get to work. Bye-bye. <laughs>